Welcome to World Class Leadership. This is a podcast set on inspiring leaders, companies, and technology innovators to be the best they can be. All content is designed to be family-friendly, respectful, honest, and politics-free. All views expressed in this podcast are of my own and do not reflect opinions of any company that I have or will work for. In all of my IT experience, I have worked with vehicle repair facilities, emergency services, inspection services, dispatch centers, government organizations, medical billing companies, healthcare networks, doctor's offices, nursing agencies, software development companies, managed service providers, churches, school districts, libraries, racetracks, oil production companies, gyms, yoga studios, barbershops, video game companies, roofing companies, brewing companies, pubs, and many more. Each one has very specific targeted marketing focus, above average service delivery, but universally refusing to treat their IT strategy the same as their business strategy. 30 years ago, our business and IT systems began merging together. Now, anyone who is in business has a mobile application, website, and can do financial transactions remotely. Meaning a business and IT strategy should be one document because in the 21st century, they are one and the same. I believe the issue and solution began during the initial formation of modern companies. But let's be honest, companies like Microsoft and Hewlett Packard could never have imagined or planned just how large they would become. So when Microsoft was writing the application code for their first graphical operating system, no one had the ability to envision how software or hardware would change 30 years down the road. So over time, companies and leadership must learn to innovate, adapt, grow, scale, and succeed to ascend to the level they would like to be. Microsoft and Hewlett-Packard are now revered as some of the most successful companies in the world. And these two companies started out small, few employees, gradually became world-class. Whenever I do interviews with contacts that I have, the term world-class always comes up. And I love to ask them a simple question. What do you consider world-class? Over the years, I have received all sorts of different answers. Size, marketing, multiple offices, and purchasing power. Though I've never thought that any of these answers are singularly responsible for making a world-class company. The term world-class simply means the best in the world. I'm sure we're all able to recall examples of world-class companies by heart. But when I think of world-class companies, I think of Microsoft and Hewlett-Packard. Using Microsoft as example as the theme here, it started off as a disk operating system. Literally. DOS. Now it sells one of the most powerful video game consoles in the world. That is truly world-class. It's what we all yearn to be. It's in our nature to become better, faster, and more efficient. If you are ever in doubt, Just look at the progression of vehicles the last 40 years. I'm not kidding you. Just do an online search for a 1970 Camaro versus a 2015 Prius, 0 to 60 miles an hour. When I did, I was a little shocked. So, how big is world class? I truly believe a company of any size can be world class. I have personal contacts with a company that has two employees, whose one-of-a-kind product has sold all over the world. But how do you become world-class? Is it your people? Is it your leadership? Is it both? I really truly believe that in order to become world-class, you need to foster your business model, plan growth, 
and service for short-term and long-term sustainability. Not just economically, but organizationally as well. Once you have that in order, more than anything, ensure you are in line with your mission. All this takes time, tenacity, and the willpower not to give up. Leadership. A term that I have a love-hate relationship with. Ironically, I'm dreading this portion of the episode. Not because of leadership itself, but because I wanted to put the most detail as it's most important. It's going to be the primary focus of the entire podcast and has been the center of my career growth. I define leadership completely different than management. However, I believe you cannot have one without the other. If you are unable to lead your team, even in a general direction, how can you possibly expect to manage their time? gain their respect, or foster a single-team mentality. I have seen the struggle of leaders being unable to gain respect of their teams my entire career. The majority of employee frustration seems to be its highest when technical teams work for leaders who have no technical knowledge about the environment they manage. These managers, referred to by many forms of literature as people managers. However, I like to call them fake-it-till-you-make-iters. Now, if I've upset you or triggered some form of negative emotional response, I apologize, but hear me out. I've worked with emergency responders for years now, specifically fire departments. The executive leadership teams of fire departments are highly respected by the community and their crews. On several occasions, I witnessed conversations, attitudes, and mentalities of firefighting crews go above and beyond to follow their chief even if that meant charging into a burning building that's on the verge of collapse. This made me continually ask the question, why? Why on earth would you do that? Set aside the fact that firefighters run into burning buildings as their job, I understand that. I get that. But let's think about it from a personal perspective, a different standpoint. What makes you trust someone so much that you would risk your life to follow another human being? One of the firefighters answered the question in the most profound way. Himself, a 15-year veteran of the department, simply said, Because we follow him wherever he goes, but it's just that. He's going in first. Our chief never sends anyone to do something that he wouldn't be able to do himself. If he questions a situation, he won't order others to take risks. Up until that point, I never even considered what true leadership was. But that was the key. To all great leaders in history, and in plain sight. The executive leadership team of fire departments each have years of experience in all aspects of their craft. They've all been through the tough times, difficult calls, and unfortunately seen the grim side of their job no one wants to think about. They aren't just managers. They're leaders, mentors, and they value their crews to lengths I can't even begin to understand. So think about my earlier statement, the fake it till you make it or statement, by answering this question. If your manager asked you to run into a burning building, would you do it? Would your manager run into the burning building? If you're a manager, would you run into the burning building? Every day, emergency responders show us what true leadership is. As managers and leaders of communities and teams, we need to look to them and learn from them. 